0: Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. We're brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com. Please put the Georgia Record in your daily scan and also our main site, CDM, or cdm.press. Sign up for our newsletters. You get uh, nightly newsletters off CDM once uh, every few days with the other channels. Sign up for our Rumble channel, cdm One. We're putting out massive content right now, Uh, really a lot of good stuff, multiple shows, multiple personalities, and we have a big announcement. And January 1, we're going to be launching CDTV, which is going to be a 24-7 streaming operation. Uh, It's yet to be determined which uh, over-the-top provider, whether Roku or something like that, will be used, but it will be there. We're also going to integrate with CDM Espanol, our Spanish channel. So CDM is growing rapidly. So uh, get involved. Put us in your daily scan. Speaking of that, we have 12 channels. Our 13th website is coming on shortly. And go to the cdm.press menu at the top and go to CDM sites at the far right. And you can see everything that we offer now. I don't think people really realize the breadth of offering that CDM provides. We have CDM Espanol, the Colorado Free Press, which came on a couple months ago, really bringing truth to running to the sounds of the guns in communist Colorado. We have the Balkan, which is a hot hotspot, uh, bringing truth to that area, which has been controlled by the Soros media for too long. Armed forces Press, same. Uh, the military press is very woke and AFP is breaking through those boundaries. The Connecticut Sentinel, which is causing a big stir in Connecticut with all the communist infiltration. The Georgia record, as you know, the Manhattan dot press, which is, really breaking waves in New York City, where, again, we're running to the sound of the guns. Tsarism, which is our Eastern European site, the Eastern Gazette in Maryland for that region, the Miami Independent, which has really angered people on both sides because we're reporting the truth, and our Israeli site, which has been big in the news, Zionism.com this week reporting a lot on what's happening in that uh, unfortunate area of the world. And this week, the Montana Sentinel is going to be coming online about 10 days from now, the site is built, but it's not quite uh, operational yet, but our team is working to get it there. So really, cdm.press is a plethora of offerings. If you sign up for our no ad subscriptions, you get access to all this content with no ads. So uh, check it out. It's 10 bucks a month. I think it's well worth it. People love it. Uh, it helps us get evergreen income that we don't have to uh, you know, worry about, that we can support ourselves along with their advertisements. And so that's a big help to us. Thank you for your support. Speaking of the show tonight, and what we're going to discuss is Israel. This has been in the news for some time uh, over the last week, and unfortunately, it's been a hot spot in in a brutal area of the world for some time. You may not know that CDM has been very involved in this uh, for a long time. I told you about our Zionism.com site, T-S-I-O-N-I-Z-M. Really strong reporting from the region, and in in a area of the world that you get reporting that you may not hear anywhere else, so that's very important. And we're going to have some people talk about that tonight. we got General Paul Vallely, who's a Vietnam uh, veteran major general who's very involved in saving the country and the republic. Brent Beecham, my classmate at the Air Force Academy, is going to talk about some rallies in Atlanta recently that were pro-Israel. He's an interesting background. He flew F-15s for the U.S. Air Force and then flew A-4s for the Israeli Air Force, so he knows what he's talking about. And We are very strong in that area, believe it or not. We had a reporter down in Ashkelon, which we lost contact with for some time uh, this week, but we have found that she's safe and sound, thank goodness, thank God. And uh, that is something we were praying on and worried about, but we have finally got back in touch with her. And so literally when I say uh, CDM has reporters all over the world, we mean business. And to show that, I'm going to show you a quick clip of where I was uh several years ago during the first uh gaza not the first but one of the major gaza conflicts in 2014 where i got rocketed just to show you that we're real i was at a outside the gaza border and got rocketed so just to show you we don't play around and we we try to get the real news same area all the attacks were happening this week. The, you hear the background is the Iron dome morning. I then went out to look and talk to the Israelis or in the settlements that just got rocketed. One hit a grandmother's backyard; that her grandkids were running around. Shrapnel everywhere, uh, just horrific. This is what 2,500 rockets a year into this village. You can see the shrapnel holes in the buildings where the hot metal exploded all around the yard. That's the grandmother who I was speaking of. So we really try to go to where the the news is. You know, we were in Ukraine in 22 and reported live from there. Uh, So before we get to Brent, who we're going to bring on first, I want to talk about your family. What if you were in a situation like this? What if you saw the paragliders or some similar thing happening, and all of a sudden your life radically changed? What if the grid goes down? What if there's a terror attack and you can't travel? Uh, What if you have to flee with your family to uh, a safe area and you can't get to CVS? What are you going to do? So if you want, you can go to twc.health forward slash CDM and get one of these, which is an emergency wellness kit. It has antibiotics and all kinds of drugs to essentially support you and take care of problems like tick bites, like bubonic plague or other bioweapons like the next COVID virus. Everything you might need, That this kit suits one adult, so you might need more than one. But if you go to twc.health/cdm and use promo code CDM, you get a 10% discount. So this is really important for your family. Uh, if you can purchase one or two or three for the adults in your family and the children, then you can support CDM and uh, support your family as well. With that, I want to bring on Brent Beecham. I sat down with him this uh, earlier today, and uh, we talked about Israel and what's going on in Atlanta, actually. So I had the chance to sit down with my classmate, uh, Brent, Brent Beecham from the U.S. Air Force Academy class of 86. He is also a businessman in Georgia, has been on the show many times. Welcome, Brent.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So you, I want to get your perspective on Israel, but tell us about what happened in Sandy Springs recently.
1: Yeah, last night, um, there was a pro Israel um, rally. And I think initially, uh, this was in Sandy Springs, and they initially had booked the auditorium, which seats about 1500 people. Mm -hmm. And there were so many people that showed up, they saw that uh, they were gonna have to expand this to the outside. So, you know, police presence, obviously, was pretty heavy, um, Mm -hmm. because they couldn't really secure the outside very well, without heavy police presence. Uh, There was roughly 4,000 people. Um, You know, the uh, there was a whole series of speakers that came up and some recording uh, messages from different people The you know, started off with this, the, uh, the, the mayor of Sandy Springs, guy named Rusty Ball. He had actually a very nice speech about Mm -hmm. how they have a, um, a sister city in northern Israel, but he had been there many times and had, you know, many friends and whatnot um they did they did they did bring in uh brian kemp's uh lame speech which i thought was uh missed the mark altogether Hmm. followed up by uh senator warnock who led a prayer that didn't seem to want to end uh and then it did end with a series of comments about uh peace in the world between uh, all peoples and whatnot, which yeah. elicits more than a handful of booze Word salad. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it was kind of going okay. You know, we're praying for peace of Israel and this kind of thing, and then next thing you know, he's like going, you know, there'll be a, a day we're looking forward to a day where we can bring peace between all peoples, and yeah,
0: just
1: you know, it was out of place considering. The the environment. What he meant to say uh, is, I'm
0: here because I have to politically, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to say some crap anyway. Yeah. Uh, so be, yeah, it was, you know, being good when
1: I'm really I hate Israel and I'm pro. Right. California. That's that's what. Yeah. Let me fix yeah. it. Yeah. I yeah. actually he was apparently in China on some mission, um, but he sent a representative who flew in from Washington, read a speech, and and actually that that was better. It was more you know. More personal that actually the guy showed up, but there were a number of you know there was a, a black uh, civil rights leader, and man he was fired up. I I, <laughs> I was glad he was on our side, and um, yeah, so it was you know and then they you know they had all kinds of different Israeli and religious leader uh, Jewish religious leaders that came in and spoke, um, and and I got to tell you it you know there was a lot of Israeli flags, a lot of American flags they. It, it was very very nicely done and and i think it made people feel a little bit better that uh there's that many people and i you know i saw people there that weren't just jewish there's a lot of i saw a sikh family there i saw mm-hmm. you know obviously a lot of christian families that were there so it was it was a a good good night for um, for israel so people may not know your
0: background. You flew F-15s in the American Air Force and then uh, immigrated to Israel and flew a 4s for the, the Israeli IAF, Israeli Air Force. Yeah. Um, so you have a really interesting perspective. Tell us what you're hearing from in country over there. the Latest.
1: Yeah. So um, actually just in the last few hours, there there's been some uh, possibility of a, like a massive drone attack from Lebanon. So they're telling people to stay indoors, um, you know, siren, air raid sirens were going off and and that kind of thing. Um, Obviously, there's still rockets coming out from Gaza. Um, You know, soldiers are continuing to be um, mobilized. I think that the numbers um, the last I heard was 300,000, but I I heard somebody say last night that it was maybe 600,000. Well, so they're wow. they're I think they're basically anticipating the possibility that um, the Hezbollah would attack from uh, from the north, um, and so they're having to put significant forces in the north. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the West Bank; they're having to you know guard against any kind of uprising that might start there in support. And then obviously, you know, they're the air forces pounding uh, Gaza and. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's in preparation for, you know, a ground incursion that would, I, I think the objective at this point has to be removal of Hamas as a government. They're, you know, we've tried this four or five times now, and every time it was this measured response, and, you know, it, they may go quiet for a few months or a few years, and then and it comes back again. People just cannot live like this in southern Israel. So, um,
0: what do you think about the new government? I'm sorry, we got a little feedback here, but uh, you know, Netanyahu and Gantz formed a unity government this morning. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, you know, if if you looked at you know the religious um, right that formed the government with Netanyahu uh, back uh, last, I guess it was last year, that government was. I mean, if you look at the security meet, the Security Council meeting that they had uh, a couple of days ago, the number of people in that room who were actually either foreign policy or security experts was—you count on one finger. It was Netanyahu. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, I hate to say it, but it was—I mean, it was, I've not seen a weaker meeting in my life. Um, the the new uh cabinet that they're the for the they're bringing in for this uh unity government uh they now have two chiefs of staff former chiefs of staff of the army uh in that meeting um uh, some real credible people and i think they'll get better decision making about you know how do you go forward from where we're at right now
0: and i understand at this point.
1: yeah i i mean i i think In any case, the judicial reform really slowed as a result of, you know, mass protests. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously at this point, um, you know, everybody's just rallying around. I will tell you that, you know, I'm not sure that the the same response would happen in America, but there's individual stories of heroism. Um, One of the one of the speakers last night in sandy springs said that they had uh, back in 2018 2019 a young israeli man who came as a representative of israel uh to their community and this was in Toco hills Mm -hmm. uh, religious community in in atlanta and that uh he had gone back and served in the army was an officer and was killed Mm -hmm. and um the story of uh, how he protected his soldiers and and you know gave his last his last you know drop of blood and last breath for to save them. Uh, I heard another story from one of the other speakers who said one of his friends lived on a kibbutz. This man, uh, along with ten or twelve other um, went out civilians with weapons, defended the kibbutz against multiple terrorist attacks. And you know I, I just don't know that, you know, were that to happen along the southern border, you know, would would people in Texas or Arizona or California rally to to defend themselves, and would would there would be recrimination from the legal system for doing so? You know, it, it's just a wholly different uh, perspective. Uh, it, it's a people who, I mean, if there's a failure of leadership, um, it's not a failure spirit of of the Israeli people and. Mm-hmm there, I mean, I, you know, 60 year old men go, well, we can't serve in the army anymore, but we're going to go down and volunteer. We're going to, you know, pack lunches for soldiers. We're going to bring food to people who are displaced. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: Really amazing response that, um, that this kind of event tends to bring, Um, you know, obviously there's going to be lots of recrimination, months from now when they go back and they look at what happened yeah you know to me it was a failure of imagination on their part but we had the same failure of imagination in 9 11. you know nobody ever dreamed for any minute even after the first airplane crashed that that was a terrorist event um I've heard people say you know well Israel got warning from Egypt um whether they got warning or not you know, what, how specific was it It was a, you know, there's going to be a massive attack. Well, uh, for the last 10 years, it's been rocket attacks. Mm -hmm. Nobody even thought for a minute that they could breach defense, you know, it's a concrete wall, razor wire, mines, um, you know, uh, they have remote control uh, machine guns, all these things that, that allow them to defend that, that border. But it was lightly manned over a weekend and over a holiday weekend on top of that. Yeah. And so they, and here's the thing, i they, they've they said that they've killed 1500 terrorists in Israel and captured another 500. So how many, people? how many people came across? I mean, it hadn't been three or 4,000 I, nowhere in the history. I don't, Hezbollah hasn't been able to do that. Yeah northern is and northern israel out of lebanon so it's a, a just unbelievable operation on their part that they came up with the idea to do that and kept it quiet
0: talk about gaza while we're on it um, a lot of people don't understand that israel handed over gaza a decade ago um, yeah and what happened they've been given lots of money uh to build a society and right. where did it go
1: yeah so in 2005, uh, Ariel Sharon was the prime minister. He said, "You know, we're tired of people, soldiers patrolling, being you know ambushed on a regular basis." They said, "Let's leave, and let's give Gaza an opportunity to stand on its own and to you know be a neighbor that that we can partner with." They left with agricultural developments that were intact, with uh, you know settlements with h- homes you know, everything they basically just packed up one day and left. The first thing that people of guys did was tear down all the things that were Jewish.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: they the agricultural business that they gave up was worth millions in, yeah, in yeah. exports to Europe and they they tore apart the, the greenhouses um, and, and took parts back to use for I don't know what um, since that time. And, and I, I think the intention that our had was you know, okay, so there, here's a place where we have no intersection with you whatsoever. And if you can live in peace with us from there, then maybe we can expand that into the West Bank, and then we can build on that and create, you know, a, a, some sort of peaceful peaceful coexistence between Israel and the Palestinians. Uh, it didn't take long before Palestinians uh, lost, well, the... the um, the plo lost control to hamas and so hamas is i mean if you think isis was bad hamas is every bit and some and they've ruled uh, gaza and so you know when people say well it's being occupied uh, because they're not allowing um air supply land, you know they're controlling what can can be uh, imported in through the borders that would that would have been long ago relaxed and and become i mean they could they had an opportunity to be they're on the mediterranean they could have had resorts they could have had casinos they could have had anything but they chose uh, a different path and that path is one of hatred with only one goal in mind that's to to destroy israel so all the construction equipment
0: that came in was used to build tunnels instead of houses and schools and hospitals and
1: yeah, there there was a big uh, there was a big uh, fight I think in 2010 um, it, it, the Israeli Air Force destroyed a bunch of buildings. Uh, the money came through Qatar, so you know everybody's got all happy about Qatar being hosting the World Cup. That that's where the Hamas leadership actually lives is in Qatar. That's where they raise their money. That's where the money from Iran comes through. Comes through Qatar. They sent concrete. They they allowed them to have cement. Uh, to be shipped in, and instead of rebuilding buildings, they built tunnels to 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 tunnel under the fence and attack Israelis. Yeah.
0: they
1: they they just they they put weapons under mosques, they put uh, command and control centers in hospitals, they do all those things because they know that that the world will condemn Israel for killing civilians when they attack military targets.
0: And they're well known for uh, creating false. Video propaganda, yeah, you know, with like dead bodies that all of a sudden start moving in the sheets, you know that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, but
1: I, I, gotta tell you, I'm, I'm highly disappointed in Americans who, and including Congress people who are in support of Hamas. And and let's just say for a minute, you you believe all the the story of the Palestinians being oppressed and apartheid and all those things if they had gone across the border and had attacked a military outpost and killed soldiers and carried them back captive and all, you would say that's a military-on-military military operation the very first thing they did when they came across the border was kill 260 people at a music festival
0: yeah, the next yeah, thing yeah. they
1: did was was murder 40-odd infants including burning them uh, beheading them these are all things that nobody wants to talk about in the West but these, these are not the actions of, of a military. This is absolutely a terrorist organization who committed the worst kinds of war crimes. And, and yet there's people who are just unwilling to condemn them.
0: Brent, anything right. else you want the audience to know about?
1: No, I think there's a there's another rally Thursday night uh, in Atlanta. There's a counter protest by the Palestinian supporters. Um, just remember next time when you uh, get money, uh, give money to BLM, the BLM supports Hamas uh, uh, 100%. So um, we just have to be more aware in the coming days and weeks when you start getting pictures out of Gaza of dead children, you just have to know that their government put them in that position and Israel must defend itself. Brent, thank you very much. Thank
0: you. So uh, good Atlanta, Georgia insight into Israel. So um, uh, Brent is a resource for uh, CDM, and we'll have him back on to get an update up to, as to what's happening. One thing you may not know is that every, pretty much every Arab Muslim nation supported Hamas, uh, or vocally did so via diplomatic statement or whatever, even if it was you know, some of the countries that had recently made peace, like Saudi Arabia, they were not in Israel's camp for this. There was one group that was, and I'm going to bring on a picture here. This is in Paris. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not as big as it should be. But this is uh, a solidarity movement between Israel and the Iranian resistance, or the MEK, Kalk, which is a group that I have deeply involved with over the last five years and and really learned about them i spent time in their camp in albania and also at their headquarters in paris um, and realized the entire iranian diaspora diaspora is uh, supporting the resistance into iran beaming in freedom uh, information like radio Free europe used to be uh, before it went globalist so you have a group who wants free freedom in Iran, free elections, uh, tolerance, religious tolerance, free markets, uh, rule of law, et cetera, et cetera. And I just wrote a book called "Paying the Price: The Untold Story of the Iranian Resistance." It's just released. The timing's amazing, uh, I, and it tells about all the the stuff I have learned about the MEK. So, if you want to get educated on the region, I am a pretty worldly guy. I've been all over the world. I traveled in the military i did business in 40 countries and i had never heard of these people and there's a reason for that because the u.s government doesn't want you to know about them because they're in bed with the mullahs and uh, so so are the europeans so uh, paying the price the untold story of the iranian resistance you can get it anywhere books are sold if you want a signed copy email me Uh, there's an email address on the georgia record or uh, go to historyabooks.com, you can get it there as well So with that, I want to, uh, you know, one thing that people need to do as these markets are very scattered, unpredictable, geopolitical black swan events happening, rates very high. Where do you put your money? Uh, I suggest you talk to one of our sponsors, David Cross, and I'm going to run a quick show a quick video from him.
2: I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo.
0: So if you're looking for an advisor that you can trust, that uh, understands your values, and will really work with you over a long-term relationship, check out David Cross and give him a call. We sat down with General Paul Vallely today as well and discussed Israel and a bunch of other things, and I thought it would be good to tie him in because he's extremely knowledgeable. He used to be a contributor to Fox News. You may have remembered him there, but he's a major general, retired U.S. Army infantry and special operations, and I've become quite close to him. So. Um, we're going to run that clip. This General Paul Vallee, U.S. Army retired. Uh, he is uh, an expert in the intelligence arena and has some updates for us on Gaza and other things happening. Welcome, sir.
3: Well, thank you. Happy to be with you again. You've got a great show.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, we're trying, trying to educate the public, I should say. Right. So, uh, talk. To, let's start with Gaza, sir. What do you What are you hearing?
3: Well, just an update in the last twenty four hours. Uh, the Israeli Defense Forces, IDF, are positioning their tanks and armor uh, along certain points of uh, the border uh, of, uh, of Gaza and, uh, and Israel. But it looks like over 1,200 Israelis have been killed so far, probably over 2,500 total, including uh, uh, the Palestinians. Uh, we understand our Delta Force now uh, is either there or on the way uh to help uh, uh secure uh the the american hostages over 100 hostages as you know were taken maybe up to 150 mm-hmm. uh, that are being held inside gaza right now so with Mossad, they'll be working very closely with uh the Delta people will uh mm-hmm. to go in and secure and that's their job that's that's what they're uh, organized for hostage rescue and they're very good at it by the way
0: yeah i used to fly them around back in the day
3: <laughs> oh, did you? So you know, you know. Well, Charlie Beckwith and I were in Vietnam together. He was the the first commander of uh, of uh, that organization, and um, we we met in November 1965 when the North Vietnamese launched the big attack outside mm-hmm. of Pleiku, uh mm-hmm. and uh, in the uh, Drang Valley. So it's a great story, you know, There, uh, but anyhow, let let me just mention a few things. If you look at the aftermath now. Mm-hmm. What I think needs to happen, um, they've got to figure out a way to take these many innocent Palestinians, not Hamas, who, who controls the entire population in Gaza, uh, and they've got to redistribute them and relocate them in other Arab countries, not in Europe, the United States. Gaza needs to go away, Israel needs to manage that whole area right there. Uh, Many people don't realize there were over 225,000 Palestinians who worked inside Israel before Arafat came from North Africa and launched the Intifada there. And 20 percent, I think now, give or less, of the population of Israel is Arab. Yeah. Um, But now they've got uh, Gaza's got to go away. There will be no two-state solution. Let's Well, they've tried.
0: They've offered them that, and they refused. All sure. they, they took all the money and built. Instead of building a society, they they buy weapons and dig tunnels. And so. you,
3: you just got to level uh, Gaza and get the people out. Now a lot, as I understand, are going through the southern uh-huh. uh, border with Egypt. Uh, Egypt would be great, uh, General Al Sisi. I know him. It'd be great if they could take a number of the uh, Palestinians. But these young Palestinians have to be free somehow, be able to travel, get educated, and not be dominated uh, by the Hamas. Now, Hamas really isn't what you call a terrorist organization anymore. They're very well organized, like mili- they're military. Yeah, you know, They have a staff, they have command and control, they have logistics, uh, and of course, they get fed uh, funds uh, for all of that uh, by Iran. Uh, but uh, young uh, Palestinians, for example, uh, they, they need to be free. It'll never be free as long as they're in lockdown uh, in Gaza. So that's sort of a new outlook. I don't think you've heard that from anybody else yet. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, there's a whole, you know, the whole, if you go back to the, the Roman times, I mean, Rome came up with the name Palestine because they wanted to change it from Judea, who had just revolted against the Roman Empire. So it's it's a creation and in the palace there there is no palestinian people there are a group of people who live in that region but the, that's right it's not a race it's it's a group of people who mainly came to the levant to work for yeah. when when the zionists came back and, and and started building businesses yeah they're arabs that's
3: all yeah. they're, they're arabs yeah. that's what that's what they are no yeah. such you I agree with you mm-hmm. that that's why uh, they've got to be free from hamas and uh, again uh, uh they can do a lot with that area that's now gaza and uh, really convert that into housing and i know uh, the israelis will take some of the innocent palestinians uh, from gaza and they'll uh, put them into their society and put them to work and educate yeah uh, because they've done it before so
0: let me ask you this i mean shift a little bit Um, the reason i reached out to you is there's a lot of fear now of terror attacks Mm -hmm. in the u.s which there should have been fear over the last three years but it's come to the forefront. What are your thoughts on that issue?
3: Well, I think there are some plans afoot uh, to really conduct some kind of an attack, maybe bigger than Mm -hmm. 9-11, whether they attack our grid system. But all of these agents uh, that have been come across the uh, southern border have been planted in the cities uh, are up to no good, and they're commanded and controlled by the cartels and working with the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. And we know the Chinese has designs to bring us down, uh, dismantle America, and we have the uh, Communist Democratic Party going along with that, destroying our Constitution, infiltrating our cities, creating crime, not, not countering tri- uh, the crime that's going on in our city. So we're, we're, a, uh, we're a country in despair. We're a country mm-hmm. that is failing because of leadership. Biden has done more being a puppet of uh, Obama than any other president I know have to destroy the United States as it was. We need Trump back in there. He's the only one that can uh, uh, lead us back to uh, the glory of the United States again.
0: I completely agree. Do you think the u.s uh, you know we are 50 approaching 50 trillion dollars in debt in the next year or two? Um, We are overextended, where our military is in bad shape because of leadership. Uh, We've got a trillion dollars in interest payments this year alone, just on the sovereign debt. I don't think, in my view, we're in a position to get heavily involved in another Middle East war. I hope that doesn't happen. What are your thoughts on that?
3: No, I agree. you know, we set the Middle East on fire when we went into Iraq. Iraq was an unnecessary war. Iraq was never a threat to the United States. Yeah, they had some chemical weapons, but they didn't have any capability or plans to attack the United States. So Bush, is being naive as he was, and his staff and Cheney, uh, those guys, uh, and I, I followed that very closely when I was with Fox News then, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have no business getting involved in this. We've got to build our country back. That's what we have to do first. Again, I'm back to America first. If we don't yeah. go ourselves first, uh, our American people, then we can't help anybody else.
0: Agree. Um, so let me ask you about warfare. W- what branch were you in the Army? Infantry in my last 20
3: years was in special ops.
0: So obviously, the drones technology has altered radically efforts, you know, battlefield tactics. Mm-hmm. You saw in Israel where they were dropping a hand grenade and disabling a $20 million tank. The same thing in Ukraine. Um, you know, uh, there was, I think, your your colleague Thierry Laurent was telling me yesterday that they destroyed seven Bradleys in a minute and 40 seconds with, with drones. Uh, how do we what are the tactics to to confront this new type of warfare
3: well uh of course they're all um launched uh uh, and i I can remember the first ones that we used over iraq uh when i was over there actually Mm -hmm. flew one uh the first drones uh with a handheld toggle switch and a computer yeah yeah pretty interesting but uh drones uh primarily uh were established in the military for reconnaissance, gathering mm-hmm. intelligence over the battlefield so they could look down, see down uh, movement of troops, movement of uh, armored vehicles, personnel carriers, deployment uh, of uh, units on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And subsequent to that, now they've uh, armed them. Uh, the Chinese have developed some very advancements. And by the way, Israel was one of the first to develop very advanced drones. A lot of people don't know that um so it's, it's just part of the battlefield uh, now as intelligence is all and also a weapon launch platform
0: so i'm just wondering how to defend against that if you're a tank driver um mm-hmm. you know what do you do i guess it's an air defense issue at that point
3: well yeah it is and of course uh the iron dome is being used in israel now to take down the drones coming out of gaza they have mm-hmm. downed the hundreds of them so far but they can only do so much um right
0: and that's very expensive too.
3: Probably very expensive. Yeah, yeah, i they're probably working on technology uh, basically to uh uh counter them um electronically. Mm-hmm. Uh, lasers certainly could take them down. Uh, that's true. Yeah. So uh, we have directed energy weapons now. Uh, so that that's a way and 50 caliber um, machine guns uh, at a certain level they can take them down. Most of those drones initially were around 1,200 feet. That's where they flew them. Mm-hmm. So they look like they're just a little speck up in the sky, but now they're they're bigger. Yeah. So uh, that's all new technology. And uh, the Chinese, as you know, and, and we as well are working on satellite-launched uh, uh, systems, mm-hmm. ICBMs, uh, nuclear weapons. Uh, uh, we we uh, even had word that the Chinese uh, had four satellites going over Lahaina and yeah. used direct energy weapons to burn in Lahaina. Yeah. It hasn't been confirmed, but yet a high tech company in Silicon Valley tracked the four satellites coming out of China coming over Lahaina, And then three fires were set with directed energy. So it makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah we, we interviewed that guy on our in oh, did you? On truth yeah. On the show. Yeah. Um, very compelling evidence. I mean he has the timestamp and right there, boom, the right. fire start the satellites right overhead. So um, what else, General, what is your group working on? What do you get, want to get out to the American people?
3: Well, I think, uh, number one, um, we've got to figure out a way to get leadership back in this country as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to look at closing down the FBI as it is to, and opening up something else on Monday. Yeah. Um, same with the CIA. Um, Our legacy national security group, we have better intel than the CIA has Mm -hmm. with our connections uh, and our network.
0: uh, I know you do. Yeah,
3: over in Europe and so on. Um, So we've got to reestablish, like we learned at West Point, duty on our country. We've got to have integrity, honesty and trust put back into our government. And that's in one of the first chapters of our book that came out last year, America's Endgame for Restoring America. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of work to do. I mean, this dismantling, it's, it's gone on for decades, of course, uh, with the Communist Party in the United States and liberal professors and uh, tainting the brains of our young in, in, the, in the schools. And, the, but it, you know, it's across the board, the amount yeah. of destruction yes. we've had in our country from yeah. government, yes. federal to state to local. The other thing is that I'll propose, the state governors need to do more under the 10th Amendment to challenge the overreach of the federal government. They can start drilling in their own states. They can provide transportation. They can do a lot of things to defend the border. Mm-hmm. sheriffs along the border, you know, could deputize hundreds of people if they wanted to. There's no yeah. limit to what the sheriffs can deputize. Um, the other thing is the Supreme Court is starting to get a little active now in a positive way. They could be mm-hmm. doing more to challenge all the illegalities of the Department of Justice. And these uh, uh, DAs uh, are running wild uh, in our cities and incentivizing criminality. Some of these mayors and uh, this district attorneys should be should be uh, arrested for violation of their oath and incentivizing crime in their cities. I mean, there's so many things we can do to patch everything back and bring America back again. And uh, Get back to what a great country we had been and what we were, and really what we should be. So well in but- many ways,
0: you know, there's definitely a rift, but I, I believe that it has united a lot of people unexpectedly. I don't think the left appreciated that. I mean, the Hispanic community, the black community, the we I mean, there really is a movement for Trump and that whole move, not for him personally, so much, but well, there is personally, but for that whole agenda uh you know 65 percent of the country is behind that agenda now i think oh,
3: absolutely our new book coming out this month it's on ebook on amazon now is invisible treason in america where we identify specific individuals who've aided and abetted the enemy of the united states including biden mm-hmm. obama george mm-hmm. soros and mm-hmm. others uh but you know an interesting thing that uh, not only, I mean, when we look back at our constitution, the definition of treason, it was more directed in individuals for aiding and abetting the enemy. Mm-hmm. But now we have something different. We have organizations yes. that are aiding and abetting the enemy like China, okay? And we've never had that before. So we have individuals, organizations that are taking part in dismantling this country by conducting treason. Just the basic definition. Yep. Betting the enemies of the united states last thing i mean obviously
0: the service academies are very screwed up they've done a good job of screwing them up um let's assume that we get trump back in the white house what would you like to see for the service academies how do we do? we just remove leadership and start over you know like the air force academy when they started it they brought in drill instructors from lowry air force base
1: yeah.
0: you know and just trained them that way
3: yeah, the academies, academies are in trouble. Uh, we formed a new group called the MacArthur Society mm-hmm. because of the woke association of graduates supporting the superintendents and whatever they wanted to do. And the past uh, two or three superintendents have gone woke. Um, they've gone more to diversity, DEI training, mm-hmm. critical race theory, even the honor code. Now, even one general said it, the honor code of. Uh, a cadet does not uh, lie, cheat, or steal is aspirational. Yeah. What the hell does that mean?
0: Yeah.
3: It's aspirational. You either lie, cheat, or steal, or you don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they uh, have really uh, put the uh, honor code aside, and it doesn't mean much anymore at the academy. Uh, but yeah, we need, I, I'd get the best colonel, for example, and put him in charge of West Point and get rid of the generals. Yeah. yeah. And him get promoted on up. We have to have, to have dedicated officers. I mean, look what we're losing out of our military. Reenlistments are down. Okay, uh, um, enlistment, uh, all of that, uh, recruiting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fathers and mothers don't want their uh, young men and women going into this armed forces. Look at the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the new one. He said, "He said we need uh, less white pilots. We need more pilots of color." Are you kidding me? I don't want yeah, to
0: when we were when i was in the military color all of, you didn't care no. all you cared was if he had your back i mean yeah you, can, you you fly just, an
1: airplane?
3: can you fly yeah.
1: an airplane yeah
3: <coughs> the skill yeah. yeah but that's how these generals uh and, and again obama is the one that started all this thing yeah uh, with the generals putting his own woke generals in and now the other three and four stars well sir thank you for your time is there
0: anything else you want to talk about
3: uh just you know? uh America, uh, stand tall. Uh, if they try to vax you again, say no. We have got to learn to say no in America. We're not going to take it anymore. Completely. Thanks. Back. We're going to restore it for our children.
0: Thank you, sir, for your time. Take okay, care. Okay.
3: Take care. Bye bye.
0: Really respect that man. Just a, a great leader and uh, some wise words. So, health is a big issue at CDM. Uh, we are committed to becoming, uh, helping our listeners become self-reliant and focused on health and focused away from the corruption in our medical system, uh, food supply, et cetera. A big thing on that is mRNA vaccines and are, is the meat or poultry or fish you are eating contaminated with mRNA, which is essentially bioweapons. So we have a colleague, uh, Family Farm Beef Box, Glade Miller-Smith, out west in Nebraska, and he is uh, very much in the non-mRNA category and also delivers fantastic beef so we want to run a quick clip from glade
3: it's gonna be a good day Monday, we do have a little bit left available here. Check us out, familyfarmbeefbox.com. Thanks. Have
0: a good day. And he promises me that we're going to do a segment with him soon while he's milking a cow. So that's coming. Bill Quinn, my co host, is out on assignment tonight, uh, but he had some comments that he wanted to bring to the audience. So I'm going to go ahead and play that and uh, to round out the show.
4: We thought it would make sense to go back and review the events of the last couple of months to see uh, where we where we started and where we've come with regard to the debate over the indictments that have been placed against President Trump and 18 other defendants by Fannie Willis, uh, a Fulton County district attorney. So let's go back and look at some of the counts within those complaints. A number of people were charged, and in sort of an inexplicable sense of the law, Fannie Willis had people charged with everything from asking for phone numbers so they could send texts to posting uh, information or attempting to ask for meetings. Uh, In one case, President Trump asked for uh, or did meet with Brian Cutler Um, of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives to ask about a special session of the Pennsylvania General Assembly. In other cases, President Trump posted a tweet about Georgia hearings being broadcast on OANN. And in one case, David Schaefer, then chairman of the uh, Georgia GOP, Scheduled a room at the state capitol, and Fannie Willis is saying that that indeed by itself was a felony as well. Keep in mind that there's a number of different charges against many of these folks. Charges that, because they're felonies, could put folks away in prison for many years to come. Was this right? And was did it raise concerns? It seemed to raise concerns all across Georgia and in fact across the country. Um, it after uh, a couple of weeks of considering them and making, uh, making uh, uh, analysis around these, um, Senator Colton Moore took the step of writing a letter to Governor Kemp and asking for a special session to be called of the Georgia legislature to review what had happened within these th- indictments and potentially investigate Fannie Willis's conduct. Well, it didn't take long for folks to push back against this. Within just a couple of days, the Speaker of the House, John Burns, issued a communique stating that uh, the Georgia Assembly um, really had no ability to look uh, uh, into an ongoing criminal case before the judiciary and you know, calling it theatrics. He additionally called out that if funding was removed from Fannie Willis's department, it could cause a delay or potentially complete lack of prosecution of other serious offenses. He apparently didn't know or overlooked or ignored the fact that Fannie Willis' department, uh, in fact, has 15 to 18,000 cases yet to be prosecuted, yet to be brought to trial and are languishing in some cases with the defendants in Fulton County jail or other jails uh, because those cases have been uh, languished because of uh, Fannie Willis's uh, attention and work on trying to come up with charges to bring against Trump and these other 18 defendants. The other thing that happened is folks across the state began to approach their legislators and in some cases approach the governor and say, hey, we need a special session to look into this. So other folks started lining up against Colton Moore's call for a special session as well. Um, Georgia Senate Republicans issued a statement. Many signed it um, stating their lack of support for any action, any investigation uh, surrounding the indictments or against Fannie Willis. In part, they they pointed to a committee uh, that was in the process of being formed, would go live on October 1, according to uh, many of their statements, to, uh, in fact, investigate prosecuting attorneys, uh, and the committee would be called the Prosecuting Attorneys Qualification Committee. Um, That committee we'll talk about in just a couple of minutes, but this statement was signed by many of the Georgia Republican uh, senators. And you can see them here. So um, in the midst of that, um, something else happened, and that is that the Georgia Republican caucus, Senate Republican caucus, elected to take action against Colton Moore and remove him from the caucus. What effect does that have? Well, it certainly diminishes his influence within the legislature, And very frankly, it takes the influence of his constituents out of play as well. So he appeared on Steve Bannon's show on War Room and talked about this. So let's take a look at that statement. What
0: action, I want to be very precise about this. What action did you call for that they have used against you to throw you out of the caucus? Because it's pretty extreme, you think, to throw a sitting state senator out of a caucus in the Republican Party. What did you specifically call for? And what? how did they effectuate this removal of you today?
2: You know, they said some of the comments that I've made on your show before um, have, uh, have caused threats to fellow senators. Um, you know, I don't know what they define as threats. I haven't seen any evidence of anything they talk about there. Maybe their constituents calling up, demanding that they do something. Um, you know, and ultimately they were like, well, you know, you can stay in the caucus. We just need you to shut up and quit calling for the special session. Quit calling out your fellow senator. And it's it's very simple. I am not going to regulate my freedom of speech in defense of freedom itself. I mean, that's what got us into this mess to start with. Donald Trump, 18 others using their freedom of speech to question the integrity of an election, now they've been taken political prisoner. Like what happened to the rule of law? The rule of law is very simple. We can look at the First Amendment and see that these individuals had a right to question the integrity of election. Now they've been taken political prisoner. And now, instead of taking out the enemy, Fonnie Willis, they're taking out the one senator who continues to push to defund and investigate Fonnie Willis.
4: So keep in mind during this process, many elected officials have been pointing to this um, forming committee, the Prosecuting Attorneys Qualification Committee and pointing to them as the potential fix for whatever Fannie Willis may have done inappropriately. Well, quietly at the end of September, a letter was issued from this commission And within the letter, it confirms that uh, they will only be able to act once their rules and policies and procedures are submitted and approved by the uh, Georgia Supreme Court. And in fact, they call out within the letter that uh, to ensure the Commission's code of conduct and rules provide the proper due process, the Commission has extended those dates and will not consider conduct occurring prior to the completion of the review process and approval of the code of conduct and the rules by the supreme court of georgia so the review process could take months more so while elected officials have been pointing this and saying oh well they go into effect october 1 that appears not to be the case This review process could go on quite a while, and in addition, they've said they will not consider conduct occurring prior to the completion of such review. Does that mean that they won't be able to go back and look at anything that Fannie Willis has done? We don't know yet, but it certainly seems concerning. Let's pause a minute and consider how we get here. This entire set of circumstances stems from questions surrounding the 2020 election. Many folks have said, well, gosh, this is so confusing because we've never faced such a thing before. Is that true? Actually, it's not. In 1876, an election was held and the candidates were Hayes and Tilden, and the election results were contested. They were questioned following completion of the election. There was a Uh, request for Congress to pause. And in fact, Congress did pause prior to uh, completing the Electoral College. They assigned five senators, five House members, and five Supreme Court justices. And they took uh, a period of time to evaluate the data available and come up with what is now called the 1877 Compromise to settle the questions surrounding the election. Why couldn't this have been done? Well, it's a good question. Um, But when folks say we've never faced anything like this before, they're not correct. As uh, things have progressed, we find even more now information coming forward that causes question about these charges. Keep in mind that Fannie Willis has attempted to show that President Trump in some way did acts to inappropriately influence the outcome of the election or to ask people to do things that weren't legal. In fact, a few days ago, Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote uh, published and submitted an affidavit notarized from her detailing a meeting that happened in December of 2020 in which she met with Secretary of State Raffensperger and his team and briefed them on 300 and over 360,000 voter registrations, which were uh, inappropriate, inaccurate, and should not have been deemed uh, appropriate during the 2020 election. Keep in mind, this happened. This meeting happened just after the election concluded. During the call, the infamous call between Trump and Secretary of State Raffensperger that's so often highlighted by Fannie Willis, President Trump and his team asked about um, the potential for any inaccuracies. And lo and behold, even though they had been briefed by Catherine Engelbret just a couple of weeks before about these inaccuracies and voter registrations in Georgia, none of those folks brought forward uh, an admission of such inaccuracies existing within the voter registrations of Georgia. So the strange and in some cases, very concerning data surrounding all of this continues to this day. As a continuing example of that, uh, there is a court case, which is in in consideration now, which may require that Georgia in fact have a special session in the coming weeks. Um, uh, because of redistricting concerns uh, done earlier this year. So isn't it ironic that uh, Kemp's stance to date has been so adamantly, no, we're not going to do uh, a, a special session either because of people's wish to uh, investigate or consider paper ballots or because of their concerns surrounding Fannie Willis and, and her indictments of these 19 people. Uh, yet we may have to call a special session based on this other pending court case. So we'll continue to have eyes on that in the coming days. Um, we trust and believe that people will continue to uh, voice their concerns with their legislators and with others uh, as the facts of this continue to, uh, to emerge. Um, and of course, we'll stay on it as well. So thank you, and we'll have more as it occurs.
0: So uh, we're at the end of the show. Please support our no subscription, subscriptions. Sign up for our newsletter. Put us in your daily scan. Sign up for our social media. We need to grow our social media. Our Rumble channel, CDM1. Uh, really a lot of fantastic content on there from Conservative Daily, Caravan to Midnight, BKP, all of our shows all across the CDM network. And look forward to CDM or CDTV one January. We'll have more information on that as it comes out. Until then, we'll see you Sunday at 2 p.m. on The Georgia Show. Thank you.